Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shoes with Biscuit podcast. I'm your host, Alex Whiteley, and joined with me today, finally, <laughs> finally managed to get Katie Rink on the show. How's it going? You okay? Hi, Alex. Yeah, we're very good. Thank you very much. I'm really pleased to be here. Uh, you guys are certainly on the radar of everybody at the moment in town, so it's really nice to come in and, and see your pad here and meet, meet you. Yeah, well, we've met a few times on the road, haven't we? It's been... Um it's been nice bumping into you now and again, and I, I love what you guys do with my shoes, be uh, because there, there are. I mean, I've spoken. There are lots of like sort of local magazines around Shrewsbury, but yours just stands out. It's just it's, <laughs> stop it. I'm blushing. I'm, stop, I'm blushing. Stop at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is. It's, it's an it's an extraordinarily popular thing, and I, I think people really do love what you do. Oh well, thank you. Um, and uh, I've got to say, like we were just having this conversation before I hit record, how. Um, even though you're on like a bigger scale of what I am, I consider myself a journalist in certain regards. Uh, um, I, I kind <laughs> of, I'm in, the, so. I'm in the driving seat when it comes to interviews. But when I'm being interviewed, I'm kind of like, uh, so I, I understand. I understand that it's not as easy. It's very much rabbit in the headlights. This is this is terrifying for me. I I really like to hide behind my pen. So uh, so to be here, you've got to be gentle with me, Alex. I will. I will. I will absolutely be gentle. Who have you got with you today? So this is Olivia Meek. So she's mm-hmm. on work experience at my. Your mic is live, so if you do want to uh, talk, you can. <laughs> oh, I told her she's going to be doing most of the talking. Yeah. <laughs> so she's doing a week with us from Nottingham University. Yeah, Nottingham Trent University. Huh? And she's uh, on a media course there. So we've tried to. I've tried to give her a really broad experience of lots of different jobs that she might be asked to do in the future so she's been doing a bit of social bit of digital editing uh and some work helping us uh, prepare features for the magazine yeah what what do you think of shrewsbury yeah well i live near shrewsbury so i do really like shrewsbury come here like shopping a lot it's a nice little town yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful um and as far as like um you know uh, history and culture, the arts. I mean, th- I mean, I was going to ask you why did you start from my shoes, but it's there, isn't it? It's, it's the culture, the arts. Yeah, I mean, so very much like you, Alex. We moved here. Uh, we're incomers. Uh, we came about ten years ago now, um, and we're immediately struck by the beauty of the town and the architecture, the history. The more you scratch and look at the history, the more exciting it becomes. And things like Nigel Baker's excavation at the castle, that ticks all my boxes personally. I absolutely love what those guys have done this summer and last year. It's um, so exciting being able to, to peel back the layers of Shrewsbury and look below the surface. So I dig holes in my own back garden looking for Romans. I'm sure they've been here. Everybody says they haven't, but I'm sure they have. My husband calls them idiot holes. But um, <laughs> the history of town, yeah, is one thing that I, I love to report on um, and, and to investigate. Um, but also, like you say, the, the creatives working here, the arts side of town, it's such a cool and quirky and artsy place. Um, and getting to know illustrators, artists, photographers um, has been an absolute pleasure. And one thing I'm super proud of with the magazine is our front covers, um, because it's our USP, I think. And I had this vision for tapping into some of those talents and being able to just let them shine out from our front covers. Um, and I, I'm super proud of that. They're all really special to me. It, I, it would be impossible to choose my favourite front cover. We were so grateful to Linda Edwards, who gave us an, a spectacular flying start doing the first year's worth of covers with her Sunnyside artwork, which is this very stylized, particular style, um, bringing to life some of Shrewsbury's favourite buildings. Um, and being able to have that relationship with the artists and work together on, a, on an idea I might have, and then they bring their take on it, and then we, then we kind of fine-tune it. That's an, that's an amazing joy uh, of a job it's brilliant i mean we're looking at one now that charlie adlard put together for you uh, for comic salopia yeah uh, we've had was, a few big names on our you, front covers you have yeah you have. Char- charlie was was brilliant to do that that was a, a stunning poster if you don't know people who are listening it's um a picture of the spire the tower of the market hall and clinging on to that is you know you're a comics man he's an ape uh, i think that's meant to be just darwin's uh I don't know. Darwin's <laughs> it's, ape. It's, it's, Darwin's ape. it's an ape reading a comic book. <laughs> um, it, it was um, it was for the Comic Salopia uh, Festival. 
Uh, we do have that here. It, it belongs to Jay McKenzie, but it will be going up for auction soon, I do believe, to raise money for share. I've had that since since Comixalopia, and I've always said, that's Jane McKenzie's uh, for sure, and we've never given it to her yet. So, Jane, come get your picture. <laughs> we were just saying that it was really lovely to look back on on these front covers, and this one in particular reminds you of a certain time and a certain place in the town's recent history, and um, it's it's great. It's, it's a it's a real collector's piece as well because it's got uh, some some, of the, some signatures there, including Charlie's. Um, yeah, a lot of the big stars that were there. Um, it's really cool. I don't think you asked me to sign it, did you, Alex? No, no I'm very sorry. Uh, we had a, that was really cool. I, mean, I got a lot to thank uh, thank yourselves and, and, and uh, Shane Chebsey for that because Shane was like, yeah, Biscuit can come in and they set us up a studio for two days and whenever people were doing panels, they would cut the, the, the stars would come out and come straight into our studio and speak to us. And this is a really funny in, uh, interaction between me and Jamali Maddox, which I'll never, ever forget because I don't watch telly. I, I box set, okay? So I watch box sets. <laughs> I don't watch actual TV. So I had no idea who he was. And he sat next to me in, a, in, in the studio. I was like, so uh, what do you do, Jamali? He goes, I'm on the telly. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, what do you do on the telly? <laughs> Googling quietly <laughs> under the table. Well, this is it, right? Because uh, it was like, one of the first incidents in... Um, first incidences where I had I didn't really know anything about a lot of the people that were coming in it was because on the fly sort of interviews which I think is really good it's a good exercise because keeps you on your toes well yeah I mean uh, if you can get someone talking about their life without actually asking the questions or you know d- d- diving too deep into the facts I think that's a really good exercise anyway I mean I've been doing that for for years now well it keeps it really fresh doesn't mm, it it's your, yeah. it's your style yeah it's cool um Let's go back a bit because uh, you said that you came to Shrewsbury, started my Shrewsbury. Uh, where does where does the uh, where does uh, journalism come from for you? Where does it start? So I trained on um, what's known as an NCTJ course, National Council for the Training of Journalists. I came out of university with an English and French degree, um, and like many people with an English degree, didn't know what to do with it. Uh, spent some time sticking labels on paint pots in the local Farrow and Ball factory down in Wimborne. Um, and then, and then decided that what I really like to do is write. So I went off and did the Highbury down in Portsmouth, the NCTJ course, which is absolutely brilliant. And I think I've been talking to Olivia a lot of what she does on her course is very, very similar. So you learn your media law, um, you learn about public affairs. Everything feels so practical in a way that my kind of quite esoteric literature degree didn't and I felt like I'd found my calling I I love interviewing people and I love writing writing up those interviews Um, and so from there I I went off to the Cambridge Evening News and then the East Anglian Daily Times working on local papers and following my boyfriend then husband around um, as he trained as a surgeon Um, and went to London shifted on the nationals for a bit uh, doing news reporting up there but then James's career brought us here um, I did some freelancing but freelancing is rock hard for anyone who's freelanced it's it's a pretty miserable process you, you're selling these ideas you don't know if anyone's going to want them you spend the whole time checking your phone to see if anyone's interested mm. and what you really want to do is to be writing those pieces um, and so it was a job that just didn't suit me very well. I imagine it's really stressful not knowing where the next paycheck's coming from and things like that, you know? It must be really... Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the paychecks are tiny. Freelancing gets ever, ever harder. Um, and I did some work with an agency as well. And I, I still do a little bit of that. So my bright idea was all these skills and talents I have, this love for the town, I could wrap them all up in the package of my Shrewsbury. And if I have feature ideas that are potentially worthy of being placed in a national newspaper, I can still pitch those out and still freelance, but they'll always have a happy home in my own magazine. Nice. So um, that, that was the vision for it originally. But that was a little bit naive because I think what I hadn't appreciated was how much, in a business sense, how much of a massive challenge it would be to produce a print magazine six times a year. It's inordinately expensive. It's a huge mountain to climb every time we come out. Um, and we're massively grateful to each and every one of our advertisers who comes in each time with us and supports our project and hopefully sees the value in being associated with our brand. I think people do. I think people, I mean, when we talk about the biscuit, uh, my Shrewsbury, uh, you know, people that do actually offer quite a bit to the town, 
So pe- there are people. There are people that, that really do appreciate what we're doing, uh, and like you more so. I mean, because you you have this 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 idea like with the covers for the covers just just look on the covers alone you're like okay Shrewsbury let's show people what you can do you know just (laughs) on the covers alone and I hope so Alex I hope you're right I think also that all these creative little gems of projects like ours and like your like yours if we all pull together and we shout really loud about our town I think we can have a a huge effect nationally as well and really um bring our town to the attention of a, of a much wider audience, especially through our social media channels, mm-hmm. um, which become an ever larger task on the back end of things for me. It's so many times a day, probably too many for all of you listening. Maybe you see us too much, I don't know. But I treat it like a, a proper little mini publishing platform, so I put proper stories up there, proper Your social media is brilliant, I love it. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I do work really, really hard at <clears> it. Um, it's actually a breath of fresh air. The reason for the big sigh then wasn't because you were talking about something I wasn't agreeing with. It was actually, I feel a lot of empathy towards you because, you know, I, I, I was just talking about like, sometimes I do take on a, a, an awful lot. Like this week, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever recorded so many podcasts in a week. Honestly, it's been ridiculous. Um, and then that just creates editing, which then creates artwork, which then creates marketing, which creates social media work. It's just, it's just this factory. And um, sometimes, I, I mean, I said to you, it hurts sometimes just to share something on Facebook. And that sounds really daft, <laughs> but it's exhausting, isn't it? Well, it, it is when it, when it becomes absolutely relentless. And I think... When you're feeling like that, you probably need to take a break. And I haven't yet figured out how to take a break. Um, I've, I, it's been great. We've had a few uh, work experience students like Olivia and a really amazing intern, um, Olivia Myers, who's uh, now on an NCTJ course herself at Wolverhampton. Um, but I, I'm really grateful if someone comes along and wants to gain experience and help us out and and especially with social, maybe that's a way, and, and I need to get better at that, at work, working with, with young people, giving them a start, helping them gain career points, and teaching them the arts, the finer, the subtle arts of social media at the same time. And then that hopefully will allow us a break, Alex. And that, again, is really, <laughs> is really refreshing to hear because intergenerational communication is really important okay so like you taking a bit out of the new generation the new generation taking a bit from you and and working through it because we all have different ideas we all grew up with different traumas and different things around us when we were younger which makes us different which makes every generation you know identical yeah and identical um, individual sorry honestly i haven't had a single work experience student come in who hasn't contributed something it doesn't matter you might say somebody has weaker english abilities but always they bring a freshness they bring a different viewpoint then i always talk to them an awful lot to kind of find out what they think of the magazine but also how we might improve the magazine what ideas they can bring and then kind of just seeing them right and seeing that freshness of tone um sharpens me up as well keeps me in tune because i'm you know getting a bit long in the tooth don't mind saying. <laughs> I'm in my you're 40s. Having, you're having fun, though. You're having fun, and that's the most important thing. When it comes to starting your new magazine in Shrewsbury, you're like, okay, we've got this idea. All right, what's the process? Is it stressful, difficult? Is it easy? Is it one of these things that you're like, I've, I've got this task to do, I can just sit down and do it? Or was it like, what have I done? Well, so this idea was originally uh, an idea that didn't belong to me. It was John Simcock, who was the former news editor of the Shropshire Star, and Sarah Hart, um, who now has her own PR company. And together they were they were going to bring this idea into fruition. And, and they asked me if I'd come along and, and be the editor. And, and that would have been absolutely lovely, just to be the editor and let someone else worry about it. But um, we sort of had meetings over a few months, and then, and then the project kind of stalled a bit... Um, for lots of different reasons, but uh, it didn't look like it was going to go ahead. And I suddenly realised that I would be massively disappointed if this thing didn't exist, if my shoes didn't exist. Mm. And John said, well, why don't you just do it then? Why don't you just take it on? Go ahead, you know. So he, he'd done a, a lot of the groundwork, which I'm really grateful for. Thank you very, very much, John. Um, and, and so I didn't, I didn't kind of come in completely cold. Um, but I, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I've, I've learned 
on the job. Um, and getting to know the business community, understanding how yeah. Shropshire works is, has been eye-opening and fascinating and challenging. Um, so I think, I mean, we've, I was actually pleasantly surprised by Shrewsbury because there is a really, really nice community that people that cooperate. I mean, you know, everywhere's got your, your kind of little, the, the bad apples, I guess, but there's not, not very many in Shrewsbury, really. I don't know. I haven't stumbled on too many bad apples, I have to say. Generally, people here want to support each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, people do, do favours all the time. There's there's quite a lot of um, you know almost like a a, a, a money free economy um, mm. where where people just want other people to succeed um, and so so you'll you'll just help somebody else not bec- not in bec- expectation of any kind of return but just kind of fuel this positivity that surrounds the town so that's been absolutely wonderful yeah i think it's lovely to see um and you know as far as uh, workflow goes now compared to the beginning as far as like personnel and hours put in at the beginning compared to now what's it look like is it different you know like i keep waiting for that magic moment where it all feels a hell of a lot easier automated <laughs> um, and it never comes every time there's a mountain to climb um i mean certainly some things are easier but then you know you, you solve one problem another one pops up and I, I think what I've learned is that that's just business that 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 is the the truth of it um for me the the joy is still kind of winkling out those interesting people just like you guys do as well um who are fun to talk to um and are up to fascinating things um and, and and engaging with the arts community. So so the love the love hasn't died. The love is still ever strong. And when and when I do get tired, something will always come along to give me a little bit of an uplift or someone and then you keep going. Um, and now obviously it's harder than it ever was. Coronavirus has just thrown us all a massive curve. Very important point, very important point because uh, how do you solve a problem like COVID? I mean like it's not necessarily about the, the distribution of a of a magazine, it's finding things to put in it, right? Oh gosh, no! Our, the content has never been an issue for me because okay. this town has got so so much oh, that's going good. That's good. for it. And uh, I, I think during coronavirus, actually, lots of businesses and individuals are working even harder to think of exciting additional projects to do. It's almost like there's an unspoken rule that that when things are tough, you've just got to work twice as hard with coronavirus. And, mm. and so you see people diversifying, doing all kinds of creative things, all the restaurants that have reinvented themselves, um, Shropshire Festivals doing the amazing drive-ins. Um, it, it's really inspiring. So we've really tried to keep an eye on on how the town has changed and to kind of reflect that in print and on our social and to promote all the people who are try- working so hard to, to survive um, and to kind of reinvent themselves to get through this. This is history. This is, this is a really pivotal moment in history. And yeah, you're, you're documenting sure. that, yeah, you know. Yeah. I saw a picture of my friend, he's in America, but I mean, it's still the same. Picture of a school bus and all the kids like all wearing masks and stuff. It was like one for the newspaper. And I was like, well, all the kids are wearing masks. That didn't happen last year. It might not happen once it's all gone. This is a pin, a pinpoint in time, and Shrewsbury is, like you said, is adapting. Like at the Riverview, just for an example, that the cafe here it looks beautiful out there. Like you can sit on the on the outside bit now with this amazing view of Shrewsbury, and they didn't have that up before. They were like, oh, okay, we'll we'll take everything outside. Yeah, and under the old market hall, that cafe is amazing. Yes, yes, yeah, and um, by Peasbury's as well. Peasbury, yeah. The atmosphere in town this summer has has been amazing, and. Mm. That um, is thanks to the uh, Recovery Task Force um, and Original Shrewsbury. That I think they've been do- all been doing an amazing job to mm. to keep everyone positive um, and to encourage visitors into town in a socially distanced way. You've got to add that <laughs> caveat to everything. Yeah. You know, it's sad. Like we were so good in Shrewsbury at events. We had amazing events, and now everything you try and think of or put together has to have in brackets. Social distancing. <laughs> Social distancing. So it's it's next to impossible. But I think what's in, what I find really interesting is the things that are popping up within the spaces, working within the guidelines. Um, it's really fascinating to see how adaptable humans are, um, mm. and yeah. and how creative. 
and you know uh, the technology as well you know obviously things have advanced a lot quicker because of this than they were probably going to how have you guys involved uh, through this personally through my shoesbury well so we kind of stuck we, i sort of toyed with the idea of of, of taking some time off um, because i knew the advertising was going to drop a course uh, you can't expect people to advertise an event that's not on or restaurants to advertise through this period so we, we we have taken a big dip in revenue but i felt that if we could just hold firm and cover our costs that that we ought to still still come out i felt it was really important to mm. to keep a voice during this time and to be as positive as we possibly could be and to capture the spirit of all these amazing community and charity projects throughout this period the kind of heroes of lockdown um we we did our very best to reflect that in print so we 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 stayed out which i'm really proud of yeah i think me too me too well, because there were there were there were some right from the beginning there were some some people uh personally speaking i've, I've mentioned them a few times seven social they straight away bam we're now a drive-through Oh, I love that. That, that was, was amazing. amazing. It uh, didn't last too long at no. Seven Social for, no. for for whatever reason. But that's an initiative but, but of the highest order. It was it? amazing, and I think it's something people will really remember. Yeah, you know, yeah. Do you remember when Seven Social was driving? I'm glad we did. It was good. <laughs> um, uh, seasons, they were like, oh, we're going to start start delivering. And this is after they've been battered by floods. You know, They were kind of like, yeah, yeah. We, can, we can do something to help the town and help ourselves. Yeah, yeah Initiatives that were just really mind-blowing. Um, Olivia, you're in university, and or uh, you know, and you're learning. Yeah. Um, is what, how many years are you into university? This your first year? Three. No, when I go back, I'll be in my third year. Okay. Last year. So, um, when COVID hit, what, what were your thoughts when when it came to university and school? You're like, oh, what? Well, we, must be really confusing for you, right? Uh, yeah, so we didn't really know what was happening. I remember my mum called me and she was like, you're going to have to come home. And I was like, it's fine, it's not really going to be a thing. Mm. And then, like, the university emailed us, like, a few days and we're like, yeah, you don't need to come in anymore. Which at first was quite nice. We were all like, okay, we don't need to go to university. (laughs) Yeah. But then had to come home. And then we kind of also still thought we might have to go back. Um, so it was kind of at home, like, is it still on? I was like, no, which was kind of sad because we missed the end of second year mm. which is sad but but you thought you were going to be sat in your bedroom on zoom doing all these uh yeah. <laughs> you know lectures via zoom yeah. so it must be good for you to actually be out getting some experience and work experience. yeah it's really good oh bless you bless you um so moving forward with covid um i guess I mean, nobody knows what's going to happen well should we talk about christmas alex this is where i was going <laughs> um <laughs> oh covid cancelled christmas it hasn't though. No, I, it I hasn't. spoke to Begita and I was saying, I was saying like uh, the Christmas I would like this year is a sentimental Christmas, one where it's not about the gifts. It's not about going out. I'm, I mean, I've pre-ordered my PlayStation Five, but it's not about that. I mean, I'm not doing that for because it's Christmas. <laughs> I'm doing it because it's that. But um, where we just share small gifts, the time we can spend with our family is special because we spent so long not being able to go and see your nan or your granddad or you know your elderly parents or something. This should be about family and about the sentimentality of Christmas, right? Yeah, so I, I don't know how much Bigita has told you, but we've got some plans to bring a big blast of positivity into town. Nice. Well, we're, we're, we're really hoping that the, these things will, will be successful because um, I think there's, there's potential to, to build something very special. So the first thing is, is a Christmas lights uh, competition. Um, which Begita is behind. I think people will remember her doorstep portraits through this summer. She went around yes. taking lovely mm-hmm. photos of families on their doorsteps. And then she also did the traders on their doorstep yes. as the town opened. So the new plan is to do Christmas lights doorstep portraits um, with a competition with prizes from the prison uh, and from Begita uh, and hopefully a few more as well. Um, and if if the whole town gets behind this idea and we have loads more decorated houses, um, that would be a wonderful thing because yeah. uh, you don't catch anything. Even um, if even if you buy lose, admiring a house, even if you lose the competition, you've got a good looking house only <laughs> well, for Christmas. Exactly. You know. So um, so that hopefully that will be a fun thing for everyone to get involved in. And then the other plan we have with Shropshire festivals. Um, is carols from the doorstep? Yes, she mentioned that. Just like she's like, nope, we need to talk properly about this. Not you know. So yeah, she did mention that briefly. Yeah, because yeah, the uh, across the whole country, obviously people can't do traditional gatherings in the town squares. Mm-hmm. Carols 
carols and singing and music is all really struggling at the moment. I, I play in an orchestra locally, the Shropshire Symphony Orchestra, nice. and we keep having meetings about that. Can we play together again? And choirs are the same. Can we sing together again? And it's all a bit dispiriting. So the plan is to ask everybody on Wednesday, December the 16th, which would have been carols in the square in town, um, to instead gather on their doorsteps gather in their bubbles, in their bubbles. no more than six, um, and uh, sing some carols. Um, and hopefully, uh, with the involvement of Radio Shropshire, we're hoping to broadcast um, a carols list so everybody sings in time and at the same time. It's, it's a little bit up in the air, subject to development at, at the moment, but that's, that's the grand plan. And ideally, um, it would be wonderful to think that this might be an idea that could catch fire and even go national if other towns get behind it and decide to do the same yeah i think actually i've got a suggestion for someone that could probably help you um while we're doing the virtual show in much wenlock uh, charles from micro videos put together a video of a choir singing a bit like a zoom chat it was all zoom chat videos and he put them together and they were singing beautifully in harmony he said it took him hours and it was a dread to do but he did it and it was amazing so it's so clever those um compilations yeah. i have no idea brilliant. how to put those together yeah i, I, I mean I, I like editing but that just sounds like a nightmare <laughs> to me this is brilliant where did this idea come from did you guys just sit around and have a, a brainstorm or well i just i I just hated the idea. I just kept thinking, any day now, the national papers are going to have headline, Christmas is cancelled. And sure enough, a couple of days later, that it came out. Christmas 2020 is cancelled. And I thought, that that so isn't the message that we need to be broadcasting for, for, for mental health, for well-being, for um, the economies of, of all of our towns across the UK. We, we don't want doom and gloom. We just have to fight it with some kind of positive messaging it really did annoy me too it was such an irresponsible i mean imagine someone's got 12 months left to live right and this is their last christmas and they see that the headline that's heartbreaking right that's it's, disgusting yeah, it's awful and i think is it M- michelle obama who said that we're all suffering from low-level depression at the moment and it's the idea that we all thought that we were going to lift out of this that come the autumn there would be the bounce back and the recovery mm. And to then feel that we're slipping the wrong way again, of course that's going to have a, an effect on our mental health. Yeah. And, and people, I think, were really struggling anyway. It just pushes, pushes them down that bit further. So if together, and collaboration, togetherness is, is super important, I think, to pull together and try and come up with ideas to, to keep the town a positive place... Um, and the country, a positive place. I think if, if enemy soldiers can have a game of football, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> in no man's land uh, during Christmas, um, I'm pretty sure we can do something positive as well. You've got to <laughs> think about, it's not just about going and spurging at the shops. And, and I know it's important to the economy and it's important to independent businesses. Don't get me wrong, okay? So if you can support your independent businesses, do that. But that's not the most important thing. It's, it's about it's about feeling good and, and being around your family yeah. the nice feelings of Christmas and the great thing about this town is you just have to mention it to a few people and suddenly um, the ripples begin yeah. and, and so Shrewsbury Streetscape you know the wonderful drawings by Andrew yeah we've Arrow. had them on the show yeah. Um, yeah. Katrina his, his wife is an absolutely fantastic singer and is very connected to the musical community of Shrewsbury and she's, she's just taken the idea and is running with it um, I think we've got Frankwell Castlefields Bellevue already planning um, what they're going to do on December the 16th um, and so yeah we, we very are much we going to have a, a competition as well for like the, the best sounding uh, village or you know <laughs> I mean yeah there's obviously a whole layering of, of ideas that we could we could bring into play here um, and, and there will be a charity dimension sorry I should have mentioned to, to both events so um, we think that food Poverty is a massive issue uh, and, and not going to get any better, sadly, for, for many, many months. So to be supporting um, Shrewsbury Food Hub um, and the Food Bank with these initiatives, um, I think would be a very, very important for me. I think if we can ask people, whether mm. on a street-by-street level or a just-giving page, to donate to the Food Bank and Food Hub. Well, so much food was wasted during the lockdown, wasn't it? You know... It- 
<laughs> Beggars belief. Yeah. So yeah, if we can return the favour, and uh, you know maybe go and buy a few extra tins and give it to the food bank. I mean that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean every everything and anything. Just giving is a is a powerful tool as well, and we'll we'll hopefully be setting something up with the food food hub soon. Brilliant. I mean, I love that. Um, you you were talking about uh, that that news story about um, how. Christmas is cancelled. Ridiculous uh, headline. And when it comes to, to media uh, and, and, and to, and to you know, uh, the journalism, um, there are some, some papers that just don't care. They'll go all out. Magazines will do the same. Uh, Rolling Stone famously destroyed Nickelback by putting them as one of the worst bands in history. And now you, Nickelback's terrible, which I love. I love Nickelback. So, um, do, you set, do you set yourself some rules for my Shrewsbury? Yeah, do you know, right at the very beginning, I, I wrote a mission statement, which I'd have to dig out. Um, but it's it's all the things we've been... I mean, we're not a newspaper, so celebrating the great things about life um, is what the, the magazine sets out to do. We're a lifestyle magazine. Um, we we don't tell the nitty-gritty news. I think local news is, is extremely important. Um, I think the Shropshire Star does a fantastic job of telling local news. Um, I certainly tune in every day. Do you, Alex? <laughs> to the Shropshire Star. And re- read your news online. I, d- I, d- I do. I struggle with the pol- political things. I, d- I struggle with that because the to and fro thing, um, it, it drives me a bit insane. So I kind of just pull away a little bit because I, li- I like to keep momentum, positive momentum. I do like to l- listen to the news. I'm, I'm kind of more in tune what's going on in America at the moment. It sounds daft, but there's lots, lots of noise in America at the moment, you know, so... Yeah, but yeah. that can be very depressing to go yeah, too yeah, far yeah, down yeah. that and rabbit stay, hole. And I stay away from the negative. Yeah. There is, it is a rabbit hole. Also, I think I've always been a feature writer, so there's a big difference between... Although I trained as a news reporter, I like writing longer read articles, articles okay, where nice. you really um, get a sense of the person that you're talking to. It's a very special art, and it, it really excites me, that kind of writing. It's a little bit more creative than a, than a news story. You can use language in a much more exciting and interesting way mm. I think um, I also like reviewing food reviewing theatre reviewing that's a really fun way to write as well um, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah so our mission statement is is you know positivity it's and also participation I think if our magazine if you opened it and thought I'd love to get involved with that or I'd love to go to that or we did um I think last January a try it out feature because there are so many interesting quirky clubs going on um everything from um metal detecting to um there was, I can't remember what it's called really odd yoga where you kind of balance it's kind of dancing in the air but on another person um, <laughs> you know there's there's a weird and wonderful stuff going on and if if somebody opens the magazine and thinks I'd love to have a go then I think I've done my job because it's that well-being thing you, you've you, given you, them a voice you, you only come this yeah. way once in life I think all of us have to have a good a time as we possibly can oh that's beautiful <laughs> I love that so much I really do oh that's fantastic and if I can help people do that then <clears> I <throat> Then my, yeah, my mission is complete. <laughs> so poetic, I love that. You know, because you know, uh, it's good to give people a voice. I mean, uh, especially you know, uh, coming out of what's going on with the pandemic. You know, there's lots of uh, companies out there struggling, and you know, we've lost Button and Bear and some oh, brilliant okay. places. And uh, it's it's nice to be able to give them that voice. And I, I do I do congratulate you for that because I, I'm always a champion for for independent businesses, companies, events. People are going out there and just trying their hardest, you know. Yeah, and actually through this crisis, what I like to see is the, is new stuff appearing. So, there's especially young. There's been some young people who've maybe been furloughed and thought, do you know what? You know, this is giving me time to think about that idea that I've always wanted mm. to do. Um, and, and my memory is dreadful, but there there's a guy who set up Viking beard oil. There you go. Um, just kind of ideas that were in the back of their minds and suddenly they've got the space to bring them to light and just have a go and they set up a facebook page and they get trading and all of a sudden that little little idea kindles into life and i find that really exciting and fascinating um watching those journeys and 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 it gives hope as well that yes economically people are struggling but you know there will always be people willing to give things a go and as long as, as long as that spirit is alive, 
new businesses will grow mm. and our economy will survive. I think during times like this, any sort of inspiration is, is important, you know, because, like, you know, like you said, people are sat at home going, like, and then they read a story in my shoes be about, I don't know, Pure Rain, for example, this uh, this new hand sanitizer of the company that started. Yeah, I have some in my handbag. Yeah, I, I, I messaged her like last week. I was like, "Let's do something." She was like, "Yeah, I've got these days free." And then um, loads of stuff happened. My my schedule just went kaboom, and I didn't have time to get back to her. I messaged her a couple of days ago. She was like, "Nah, man, I'm I'm doing uh, I'm doing Heart Radio. I'm on BBC Shop Show. I'm doing this. I haven't got any time." I was like, "Oh my god, I missed that window." <laughs> so we're gonna have to find her when she's done all the the press junkets and stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, fast fascinating that something like COVID nineteen has created this product that's now gonna go out and do really well. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to it seems to be fantastic. It doesn't smell bad. It's um, mm. yeah, it doesn't crack your hands. It's 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 mm. how how did they come up with that? Is this? It, it seems it ought to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's alcohol free, right? As well. Is yeah, it? that's right. I think so. We sound like we're on a commercial. I am not being paid by Pure yeah. Rain, <laughs> but it is an amazing idea. Genuinely, the reason I say that is because uh, there there is uh, obviously we work a lot with Cher and and as. They like to stay away from things that got alcohol in them. So I was just like, yeah, it's good. If you, if you, uh, after a hand sanitizer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Pure rain. We'll get them on the show. Um, but for now, check them out. Um, what's, what's kind of your m- more sort of memorable sort of career moments as, as, as a whole? Oh, Where, gosh. Oh. What are the things that really just popped for you? Like, so some really fun things. I remember, um, had this idea. This was a local paper story on the East Anglian Daily Times. Uh, there are a bunch of octogenarians. So, old age pensioners aged 80 plus and they were war veterans and they were doing a charity raising Cresta run do you know that downhill luge in mm. San Moritz um, and I just thought this sounded like the best idea ever so I asked my editor on the paper if I could go along and um, if the paper would kindly pay for it to let me spend a couple of days in San Moritz with with these old old chaps um, and the editor said, if you can find a way to fund it, um, y- you can go, you can have the time. Um, and so I got the tourist board in San Moritz to fund, they funded the train, I think, in the room, um, in, in return for some coverage in the paper. So I went along with these guys, and the Cresta run is so dangerous um, that at the top, when you, you get given your introduction, um, there's a human skeleton that's entirely composed of x-rays that have been taken of broken bones of people who've <laughs> crashed and burned on the oh crest run. Um, and these eight-year-olds were going to throw themselves down it. And sure enough, they smashed themselves to bits. But they had such incredible spirit that they all took it oh, in their stride. And they took me up there on this little red train through the mountains. Um, and these are war veterans. They, they do things in style. So they were whining and dining and, and they made a big fuss of me as a, as a really young reporter as I was then. So that was, that was a super fun trip. But I was a bit disappointed because they don't let girls down or they down the crest to run or they, they didn't in those days. So I didn't, I didn't get to have a go. Um, oh, that's sweet. Yes, yeah, so that, was, that was a really nice one. I, I I find it weird, like because I'd never done this before. Um, but, you know, I didn't even think I was doing a podcast as part of the press until somebody was like, "Yeah, you can get press passes to things." I was like, oh, "Really? I didn't. I had no idea, right?" <laughs> um, and I thought I'd try for a comic con. I was like, "Okay, we'll, we'll try it." And they're they like, "Yeah, okay, straight away, bam, psh, yeah, you can come." I'm like, this is for um, Thor's kin. Thor's kin. Okay, it's not being rude. It's my old show, um, and it was. Um, they said yes, and I turned up, and I didn't know what to expect. Like this, I've never been to a comic con before. This thing's massive; it's huge. Like they were like, you need to go to the press, the press room right at the bottom. So I'm walking for miles. I get to the press room, and I was expecting them to be like, "Oh God, the press are here!" But they're like, "Would you like coffee?" There's the agreement. Here's the Wi-Fi password. Da, da, da. And if you join me in five minutes, we'll be interviewing uh, Brian um, O'Hara, O'Mara, who's Batman. He does the voice of Batman. <laughs> Within five, fifteen minutes of me being there, I was interviewing Batman. I was just like, "What? What's going on?" Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, the. Uh yeah, I remember. Do you remember John McCarthy and Terry Waite? So they were both um, chained to a radiator, famously in Beirut. Um, oh, gosh, I don't know what year it would be. Um, but they were on our patch when I was on the East Anglian Daily Times um, in about 2001, I think. And bizarrely, uh, came and had coffee in my front room <laughs> to tell me their, their story uh, and I just thought, a bit like you, what a crazy world it is. Um, 
you know, what a crazy job to 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 be able to. It's it's a real privilege, isn't it, to Absol- be able to to engage with with people that, uh, and then to communicate their story to others. It, it's being a journalist is so much fun, but it does spoil you for anything else. Um, mm. I've also done a bit of teaching, and um, my hats off to teachers. It's a such a tough call, especially at the moment. Teaching is. I imagine it's difficult, yeah. Yeah, it's such a difficult profession. You know, there's lots of... um, When it comes to the the masks, uh, COVID-19 and social distancing, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of indoctrination now from parents. Oh, you know, it's nonsense. I imagine that's really difficult for parents to deal with, teachers to deal with at the moment, you know. Yeah, and and also worries about their own families and their own safety. and, Mm. And now so many teachers are having to be off school because of... Um, because you know they've had a COVID Just scare and can't get a test, yeah. or their kids have, and then the extra burden that puts on all the other teachers who are trying to carry the load. Mm-hmm. Um, I think schools, each and every teacher, deserves a massive award for what they will have been put through in the past year. Absolutely, totally agree. Totally agree. It's been terrible. Um, where we, where do you go forward with my Shrewsbury now? Where, where are we going? Um, are you happy with how things are or have you got plans for the future? It would be amazing to actually have some staff and have a bit of help. So that would be my number one goal is to, to, to perhaps get to a position where we're strong enough to, to grow in terms of manpower. Um, because I'm launching in digital um, I'd like to announce. Um, yeah, now, now I've announced it, it's going to happen, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, but that's going to be a huge amount of extra labour and it all falls on, on me at the moment. So to to be able to grow the business and bring more people in is what's needed. Uh, and the big question is how to finance that because local media have traditionally always relied upon advertising and that becomes ever more difficult um so and, and readers sadly have not have become accustomed to getting their content for free um i'm yeah. sure you yeah. this is the same yeah. battle for for you guys too um but i really hope that that culture is changing slightly some of the national papers now putting their paywalls up and, and people just need to realize that content has to be resourced there you know there are people collecting it telling keeping you in tune um and and we need to to finance that or you'll lose local news you'll lose local features um and so i think perhaps to kind of begin to appeal to readers to to support local content is is what's needed um how to do that is very difficult because you can't bang people on the head with a stick this is the battle we have all the time on the biscuit because you know we we're sat in an empty shop at the moment which i'm i'm super grateful for and i'll, I'll never not be um but we could do with our own studio we need our own space um and you know that costs money and so who do you go to who do you go to to say can you just let us use a building for free for like a year or so you know you can't yeah so so everything is begged borrowed and stolen exactly, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> i don't earn anything for this i don't i don't get paid um I, you know this a thousand pounds worth of microphone on this table i fund funded myself you know yeah uh, and, and yeah it's, yeah you're right it does it, when it comes to making content like this that the town appreciates and, and what you do there's got to be some sort of line there where we can you know. yeah i think the problem is that it goes from being a labor of love to being a labor and then you wonder how much longer you can carry on and and financial reward you know it, it's it's not so much that it's just that you would like to feel that the business stands on its own two feet yeah um yeah. and has sustainability and that if i were to to leave i would love for somebody else to be able to take it over and to look at it and say yeah this is a decent business you know this is a going concern it's worth carrying on with um so for those reasons i think it would it needs to grow um and be a little bit stronger than Mm. it is i think we do a really good job of pretending to the outside world that we're a big institution people ring up and they'll say um they'll ask to talk to a different editorial department or they'll like (laughs) or they'll say could you send one of your people (laughs) yeah it's it's just me just me (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so what are you after? What, what kind of um, roles are you trying to fill at, at My Shrewsbury? I mean, are you after volunteers just at the moment or is... You know. Well, volunteers are, are, are great. Uh, as I've said, it's lovely to have people through the door. Um, but then it, I feel compromised. You know, as soon as people are, are giving work of value, I feel they ought to be paid for it. I don't want to constantly be exploiting people. It, it's really uncomfortable. Um, so I just I'd like the business to be strong enough to to provide some paid roles yeah. for people. Um, well, obviously we do pay for things. <laughs> Not everything is scraped together. Um, so we we have distribution, we have design. Um, somebody helps with my invoicing, but all all a little bit here and there, rather than being able to build proper uh, proper uh, employment, it 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 just needs to take the next step. I do have a lot of empathy. And uh, for, for listeners of The Biscuit that are like, oh my God, Alex says he wants to get paid who's going. I'm not. I love doing this thing. It's passionate. Uh, this is what I love to do. This is what I was born to do. Okay, yeah. be behind the microphone. It's a bit like yourself. You know, you wanted to do this. You're doing it. You're enjoying it. It's just sometimes it's hard. It is hard work. So when episodes are late, <laughs> or there's a typo because I've written it at two o'clock in the morning, um, that's why. <laughs> yeah, here's to that. Yeah. I, do, I do have a team around me. I mean, I've got an amazing team. I've got Max, I've got Dee Dee, I've got Shane and, and Julie, but they're my, my, my mic talent, you know, and they do help me an awful lot. And I think we're going to do a workshop sort of on editing. Sort of editing would be great. If anyone wants to help me do editing, that'd be great. <laughs> Audio editing. <laughs> it's great. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I love So I, I have only just recently got into podcasts. Uh, because I've got a dog so suddenly this window of opportunity has opened up in my day so for half an hour every morning and evening now I get to listen to stuff um, obviously the biscuit hey, number one nice, um, nice. but uh, there is, there's such great content out there and people doing it so well it's a fascinating art form mm. podcasting yeah. um, and, it, and it's a really exciting new way of telling stories um, so it would be great yeah I'd love to kind of Watch you more closely, maybe learn I'll from show you, Alex. I'll show you, I'll show you the way. Uh, I do have a lot of people just like, um, ask me for advice. It's really nice, actually, to pass on the baton because I do, I've always said this from the very beginning, from the first moment I hit record on here, I was like, you can all do it and you absolutely should because there's, there's like 7 billion people on this planet and there's like, what, a million active podcasts? That's a lot of years. There's lots of people that will listen to your, your show, so do it, absolutely. Um, and... So you got the podcast? Are you making your own podcast? Are you just listening? Oh God, no! I just I occasionally have ideas as I walk around. Think, oh, that'd be such a good idea. Like yesterday, for example, <laughs> this is giving away an idea. Someone might do it. But um, I met an amazing chap, John Southerton. Southerton yeah, the photographer. Photographer. Yeah, yeah. He's so lovely. He's eighty-five. Sorry, John. I hope you don't mind me saying. Um, and he and we met for a cup of tea, and we went for a walk around Shrewsbury, and. Every two yards, he would stop and tell me an amazing story about this is where we all used to play. The boys would jump off the bridge. He said, look at this gap here. We used to all be able to climb through here and hide. And, <laughs> and old Mrs. Rollins, you know, she would let us run errands for her. And it was so brilliant. But I thought what was most interesting was understanding how children used to play um, and how different that is from how kids play nowadays. And to do something around play maybe how we used to play and capture those voices Mm -hmm. before people pass on and we lose the kind of immediacy of the experience of how people used to play i'm sure there's something in that come on alex there was and this was one of shane's ideas actually was to um create memoirs of a salopian and this is where you 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 take a silver-aged citizen and you you sit there and you talk to him about what they did you know, the, the pubs they went to, the schools they went to, where they went to university, uh, the, you know, where they worked, things like that. Because Shrewsbury's constantly changed through time. So if you speak to someone from an older gen- generation, there yeah. might be people listening to it and go, oh, I remember that place. And suddenly you're creating a really important piece of social history yeah. that then could be kept in the archives. Well, this was, this was really important, what we did with the, the voice tours we did for the Shrewsbury bi- uh, the Bid. Um, we went around and we did uh, the, the tours of old St. Chad's, St. Mary's, um, uh, the castle and best steps, and these are like these are like some of Shrewsbury's. We had Nigel Baker talking about the castle. Like Nigel Baker, this this thing will be live on forever now. It's immortalised, you know. So in, in twenty years, 
40 years, should I say, when Nigel's no longer with us. Nigel, yeah, <laughs> quite rightly too. Yeah. He's the most amazing speaker, Nigel. You just have to point the microphone at him and all these golden gems pour out of it. I did it yesterday. He looked so flustered. He was like marking things on a, on a chart and it was their last day. They had four, no, Wednesday it was, sorry, and they had like uh, four hours to go. I was like, where's the biscuit kind of thing? He was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, so today, I was just like, this guy's fantastic. He is, he's golden. Yeah, I've worked with him so much over the last month, and uh, I haven't regretted any second of it. It's been brilliant. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've really, I always enjoy chatting to you. We don't, we don't do it enough. You're right. You messaged me a while ago. Yo, wow, what's going on? We could go for coffee sometime, you well, know? I, don't, I really don't like talking. It's, it's, this is another idea I had for a, for a podcast, would be to go and talk to people who are brilliant at talking um, <laughs> and, and kind of try and find out why. Why are they good at You should do a competition, the best talker in Shrewsbury. <laughs> <laughs> you think you could challenge? <laughs> I don't know. I think you have, this is being probably too honest, but I think I have a, a, a little negative voice that sits on my shoulder mm. that kind of critiques me whilst I'm in the process of talking. And, and you've got to find a way of telling that, voice to shut up uh it, it it's a tough one and it is I, tough mm. and do people in the public eye have that or have they battled with it and silenced it this is what's going on with social media though isn't it you know you've you've got you there is no inhib- inhibition that it's kind of like you can see what you want it's all out there it's all out there um uh, and I, I wrote a poem actually a few uh, oh, yesterday um we spoke to uh gina atkin the the um poet. oh yeah who did the lockdown poem. yeah yeah she's lovely and uh we were supposed to have a poem off uh, Dee was supposed to write a poem i was supposed to but she didn't do her homework so i just had to read my poem out and have gene critique it and it was all about that it was all about like i used to suffer terribly from social anxiety right so if i was in a room with a group group of people you know i'd be like put a microphone in front of me I'm like hey welcome to the shoes of biscuit you know it's really weird this psychology but it's really helped me understand myself you know so if we I think you can find it um I want to thank you so much for talking to me today honestly if we can help each other in in doing what we do I would would love to great Uh, well let's yeah let's do that let's meet regularly then and yeah. see if we can pull together we don't have to one. shove a microphone in your face but I mean like if you have any ideas brainstorm what have you yeah. I don't know uh, coffee once a month maybe at least cake cake <laughs> done it's absolutely thank done thank you Olivia great. what have you learned since you've uh, come to you know work with Katie have you have, what's the most key facts um, I've wrote some stuff but also I think just working on social media haven't really done a lot of that on my course yeah. did some like Instagram posts Facebook posts mm. I think like that's a thing I might want to like go into as well so it's really interesting to learn more about that it really is important uh, and it's, it's something like this year I've really put emphasis especially Instagram put a real emphasis on Instagram we're, we're kind of coasting on by just getting the odd new follower every now and again we're on 40 450 followers like about two months about three months ago we had about 450 it was really really going up but it's kind of like Let's make this thing sexy. Let's like, whoa, look at this, look at this, look at that. Keep, keep, keep things going. Now we're rocking up to a thousand in those three months. And it's, it's because we're keeping things active and looking attractive. You know, yeah. for an audio-based industry, we're kind of looking really good on Instagram. It's really important. You're right, yeah. 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 It's, it's quite often your face, Alex, looking attractive. You've got, you've got a million oh. different poses. Which you really changed. Because I remember when I pointed a camera at you all, all, that, all those months ago, when you just started, and you were incredibly shy and didn't want your photo exactly. taken. Exactly. Shrewsbury's created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I posted a picture of me and Dee up yesterday, and I was, I was trying to grow a beard. I was kind of like, yeah, let's go for the beard, yeah. And I, I hated it. So I was like, this morning, it's gone. <laughs> It's gone because I was just like I can't. I like to look sort of at least. I'm, I'm not the best looking guy, but I like to at least groom a bit. You know what I mean? So when that beard is kind of like, no, no, not for me. Post the boy, yeah. post the boy. Oh, you, you're amazing. I love chatting to you, Olivia. Thank you so much for joining us today as well. Um, would you like to? Have you got? Did you say you want to see some thank yous, or did you not want to go down that avenue? <laughs> My list of thank yous would be so long. People, uh, you know, the number of people that have given their time. To me over the years uh four years now is extraordinary um but i i think our photographers particularly have have just been brilliant because images are so important for what we do in print so Begita zoutman photography barry phillips who does extraordinary um he's the artisan storyteller so extraordinary uh pic- 
shoots of, of artisanal creatives making whatever they make and he'll break it down and do different stages of the process in pictures. He's fantastic. John Hayward at Shropshire and Beyond. I know you know John, mm. don't you? But he gets up at the crack of dawn, goes out, leaves his house at 4am to go and get a sunrise. <laughs> and he, He's an incredible person. Um, and Andrew Fusek Peters, obviously, he's a bit further south in our county. Um, oh, but heard of him. his wildlife photography oh, nice. um, is, is, is nationally important. He's often on the front page of the national newspapers with wow. his pictures. And he, he very kindly supports my Shrewsbury with a wildlife image. Actually, I like this, and I think I'm the only one who gets the joke, so I'm just going to explain it. But if you open my Shrewsbury and you see the first page, it says, My Wildlife. And it's a little bit in the style of country life, girls, um, yeah, country life, girls and pearls. You know where they say the debutante who's getting married that month. Oh yeah. But instead of the debutante, we have like a rabbit or <laughs> a fish, a salmon. Um, <laughs> so I always chuckle, but I think I'm probably the only one who gets my own joke. No, no, that's good. I mean, there's, there's tat as well, tat FB. Uh, and yeah, so 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 those are our photographers. But our, in terms of artists, yeah. Tat is in, in every single magazine and she's absolutely first class cartoonist working in the UK today. Um, I don't know anyone with a sharper um, or slightly... Wit. Yeah, <laughs> a sharper wit and slightly bizarre. <laughs> and, and again, Tat is someone who says she makes herself laugh all the time. So why wouldn't other people laugh too? I think she's adorable. <laughs> I really do think she's adorable. She's amazing. When we first opened our studio across the way there, she was the first one to drop us some art. Um, a, a, well, a good, a good luck card, and she's very supportive on Instagram. Um, she's the coolest. She's really cool. She's and also, um, Lynn Evans designs. You know the, yes, the, the that, collage, yeah. collage um, yeah. artist. She's fabulous. Um, and actually, I can reveal she'll be on our our Christmas page, uh, nice. front page, um, with a design to be revealed. But that I think will look absolutely cracking and very eye catching. Um, and all of the artists that we work with, Shrewsbury Street, Streetscapes, uh, James Wade, um, they now have a column in each edition. And Stan, lovely Stan Sedman, he gives the history to go with that particular section of the street. Um, so I'm, I'm re- I really love that piece as it comes in each time. Um, and Giles Bell, a lovely Giles. Have you met Giles? You ought to have Giles in. Yeah. So um, he, I don't know if I'm giving away, but he's our final bell at the end of the magazine. Okay. Um, and he has a, a very kind of warm style. He kind of grows on you like a fungus. <laughs> <laughs> don't you, Giles? Um, but we're very nice. fond, fond of him. And he's been with us from the very beginning as well. Um, there are... There are far too many people to thank and I'm so sorry to, to the people that, are, that I no, haven't no, mentioned. No, no, no. I, mean, well, I want to say thank you to, to you for, for bringing my Shrewsbury to the town because it, it gives everyone, all those people that uh, you've just reeled off even Olivia sat here today, they've all been given an opportunity by you, you know uh, to, to show people what they can do. Well it certainly works both ways so yeah, thank, um, you. thank you. And you know what, maybe one day the, the, the poster boy of the biscuit can go on the front cover, you know just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we sure. need you in a cool style like Jamila Jamila would be awesome at capturing you, you for a oh holiday. yes Let's Jamila if, you, if you're listening to this I see him most days on the you know on the score one so if he's listening we can go and do some art and put it on the front <laughs> yes that's, that, that's definitely gonna happen we should let the biscuit take over for a day or for a month like, oh just yeah biscuit, I could have a holiday thanks Alex biscuit takeover you don't <laughs> sign, sign here I'll just I'll write and then you can type it up maybe <laughs> I'm not brilliant and stuff like that but no, thank you so much for joining me thank on the show you. Um, listeners, uh, that was fantastic. I'm, I'm really, really happy with that. Um, make sure you check out our website, which is www.theshrewsbybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. All of our audio is available on there, and it's made by our friends at Web Orchard. If you need a website, uh, make sure you check out Web Orchard. They're brilliant, uh, fantastic. Pete will listen to your ideas. He'll come up with something sexy and sleek and brilliant, and you should definitely check them out. Um, and this episode was recorded at the Parade Shopping Centre. Uh, you know, I've got Biscuit Studios here. It's an empty shop, but we really do appreciate the, the support from them. And you should definitely come and check it out. It looks brilliant, the parade right now. The shops are changing all the time. Um, they're, they're constantly thinking of brand new ideas uh, to make this place look really attractive. Uh, it's a really good place to walk through. Um, thank you very much again, guys. Thanks uh, for having us. It's been great. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out.